This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Well, hey, everyone, welcome to episode number seven of the EE Leaders Podcast, season three. I don't know if you noticed this, but we took a little bit of a hiccup, a delay. Now, let me explain something to you. I record these podcasts in chunks. Today, I'll probably record four of them. Uh, Got some good content coming up. Uh, Today, we're going to have an interview by my dad, Joe Williams, about the will of God and how uh, to make decisions, which I think is very important for us today. And we're going to have some episodes uh, from Peyton Jones, David Guzik. I'll even share uh, a guest lesson, not a guest lesson, but a leadership lesson as well, uh, the next couple of episodes as well. Uh, I say hiccup because we are in the midst of a global pandemic, COVID-19. Now, many of you guys know this. Today, I'm recording this on April 15th. And things have drastically changed from about seven weeks ago when I recorded and started season um, season three of recording and, and scheduling things. And so I was I was debating and what I should do and how I should do it. And and really things have been heightened. It's been crazy busy. But here's the deal: I wanted to give you guys content in the midst of the chaos to encourage you, to strengthen you. The crazy awesome thing is I think God really orchestrated the lessons that I've recorded um, from almost a year back in certain episodes, uh, certain interviews and things like that. They actually are timely fit for this season right now. So I still wanted to release these episodes to give you extra content uh, as you're going on your walks and stay at home orders to just be with you in this season and to let you know I am praying for you. And so. Today we have my dad. It's going to be an interview and talking about decision making and the will of God. And man, this is this is like gold for wisdom from my dad. Uh, just in the importance of man, it's okay to fail. And how do you make decisions even when you don't know everything uh, about the future, like many of us are in right now? Uh, next week, I want to talk to you uh, about how it's so important for us during this season to not miss out, to continue to seek God. We need strength and the Holy Spirit to minister to us so we can minister to other people. And oftentimes in ministry, our identity is is found in what we do. And and some of us right now, we're not doing a lot of stuff or we're doing extra stuff. And so our identity can't be in the stuff we do or don't do, but our rest in Jesus. Uh, The following episode, I actually have an interview about the micro church with Peyton Jones. I did this interview almost a year ago, just about a year ago, not knowing this situation, but just curious and talking about what is the micro church? What would happen if we can decentralize the church of God and meet in homes, meeting through social uh, me, uh, you know, social media and um, think all these things like we were just talking about, like what what makes a micro church? And so that's fascinating. That's incredible, especially in the season where we're at, where we're having uh, groups where we can only meet in 10 or less. How do you disciple people in these little pockets of God's people? Well, I did an interview with Peyton Jones talking about that. And then finally, uh, I mean, I have more content, but uh, David Guzik talks about the importance of organization and structure, which I think is going to be very helpful as we move forward coming out of this stay-at-home order to what does new ministry look like? How do we, what, is there, is there, is there um, significance in having organization and having structure? All these different things. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to record these four episodes. I'm just going to set them up 
press play. The content and how I got all this was probably six to eight months ago uh, for some of these things. Um, it's not in the season of COVID-19, but guess what? The Word of God does not change. The principles are very, very important for us to learn and to apply today because the method may change, but the message is still the same. God is still on the throne. He loves us. He cares for us. And He is using His church, us, in this moment to be able to uh, serve uh, His his uh, people, to be able to be his hands and feet in this world and to share the gospel. And so one thing that I do every season is I, as I get ministered to, I want to have ministry overflow into you. And so there's a couple of books that I've recommended this season. Just three is this is going to be a shorter season. I'll probably end, go until the end of May uh, with episodes. But uh, this month's book is called Leadership Pain by Samuel Chan, Samuel R. Chan. Uh, you're probably going through some leadership pain right now. Now listen again, I had this already planned, already mapped out before this all happened, but it's so appropriate and so the Lord how these things are prophetic and just help us to walk through these things. I, I love how he, he knows everything that's going on in our hearts and he, and he, and he, and he sets things up for us to walk in. And so I want to continue to give you a book to recommend every month. Uh, the last book I'll give you was, uh, is a book on uh, the Sabbath, one of the best books I've read on that. Uh, it's important to rest and just give you quotes from that. But uh, for Leadership Lessons podcast, what I like to do is I like to give you a book of the month and just read some of these quotes in the podcast uh, to sort of uh, whet your appetite and just sort of talk through these things and um, encourage you through them. And so I want to give you five quotes, things that I've been thinking about through this crisis and just talking about leadership pain. I don't know about you, but I feel like now, it's right after Easter, I am just getting through this is not an emergency. I've been on full steam ahead, 24-7, uh, just constantly crisis mode for the last month. It's been very busy, not only for me and our shepherding the church that uh, I'm responsible for, but trying to help as many pastors and leaders possible uh, as I can with different technology and, and answering questions and, and guest speaking and just anything I can do to help people to further the gospel. And so uh, I had a lot on my plate it's been very stressful, it's been very hard, uh, and it's been very painful to not know the future. And if you're going through that right now, I want you to know you're not alone. Uh, the Lord is with us to minister, and He is encouraging us through this time, but He often uses pain to actually grow us. And that's one thing I'm praying for all of us in this season, that the church would be revived in our dependency on the Holy Spirit to seek God daily, that there would be spiritual awakening in our country as uh, the gospel is going forth. And so I want to share a couple of quotes and just make comments to just sort of encourage us in this time. Number one, he says, ignoring pain is leadership leprosy. Listen, what you have to understand as a leader is everyone is going through pain and that includes you. It is okay to say, I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean? Like when you ignore you're going through pain, he said it's leadership leprosy. And right now it's okay to empathize with people, to uh, have emotional roller coasters. You Listen, the, um, not just the, our government, America, not just Europe, the entire world has been stopped by the coronavirus. And so for us to act like everything is okay when it's not okay, that's just not cool. It's not okay. We need to actually be okay with pain and can't ignore our pain and need to deal with it. And it's okay to grieve. I've been telling people that we had so many expectations that have just been chopped 
that's been canceled, that we are all going through heart funerals. Uh, we're all grieving in certain ways. But next quote I want to uh, share, he says, uh, Samuel says, you'll grow only to the threshold of your pain. To grow more, raise your threshold. Uh, I want to encourage you and let you know that although this might be a hard threshold, something that we've never gone through before, we can actually grow through this season. We can seek God more. We can share His Word more. We can seek Him in prayer. Listen, this should not be a time where we just binge watch Netflix. This is a time where we can grow and for our own relationship with Jesus and our leadership and to be able to rest in God's sovereignty and His goodness. And so I'm praying specifically for you as a leader, uh, whether you're a senior pastor or children's director, you, you're just watching this whenever maybe that you would grow and mature. And I appreciate you coming to a podcast to learn, to, to get encouraged. And I pray that, that my, my ministry here would be an encouragement to you and it would equip you to help you grow. Uh, things like recommending this book and you reading it. You know, there's been some growing in technology. It's crazy to me and awesome is my dad, who's 70 plus years old. Uh, he actually did his first Facebook live service and has been preaching the gospel. My mom got on there and did a whole message on Psalm 91. And like uh, older people that maybe not done uh, technology before, it's a growth pain for them, but they're growing. And as they're embracing that pain, they're learning and the gospel is going forth. They're maturing. You know, even for us as a church, we have actually taken, we had a Good Friday Zoom service where we took communion together. We're taking communion in over Zoom and community groups. We actually, uh, last uh, Sunday, which was so, so special and sweet, we got to ordain uh, Robin Shelley, a pastor at Redemption Church, to serve there. We got to appoint uh, Brian Schrader as a deacon at our church. So cool. I had three different pastors, from uh, one from Washington State, my dad, another two local pastors in the area that knew Robin. Just pray for Robin. Pray for uh, Brian. Uh, Andre uh, was a board member at our church. He's up in D.C. right now. I mean, we, we had all these people around the world just praying and, and, and just ministering. And it was different. I've never done this before, but it was so good. It was so special. And listen, for, for me, my ministry uh, and the things I've been doing has been ramping crazy up. And I, I'm, I need a, I need cutting down right now. But listen, for you, some of you guys, you're just slow. You're bored. It hasn't ramped up. And I just want to encourage you, it's okay. You don't need to ramp up. You don't need to do a lot of stuff to earn your identity, to earn your approval. That is okay. Some of you guys need to grow by just simply resting, taking naps more, spending time with your family. That's great. You're going to grow only to the threshold of your pain. And maybe it's painful for you to just stop and to be still and know that He is God. Can I just encourage you to rest, to be still, to grow? Another quote he says that I wanted to quote was, pastors are uniquely vulnerable to the stress of unrealistic expectations. Just want to encourage you, you can't do it all. I've been taking on way too much. I've had to say no uh, so I can cut back and spend more time with my family. Uh, I don't want to get burnt out in this season. You know, even though I've been working 12 hours days, 15 hour days, 10 hour days, nonstop, um, you know, I've still been taking and practicing a Sabbath, a day off. I think it's important to rest and to understand I can't do it all. I'm not God. And so for the people he's cared that I'm responsible for, I'm going to love them. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to care for them. And I'm going to, I'm going to do the things that's called me to do. And that's it. And I want to encourage you. Don't, don't think about this as a, uh, just adding and adding and adding and adding. You're only human. 
Do what only God calls you to do. Seek God through prayer and fasting and just minister as the Lord gives opportunity and you feel led by His Spirit. Two more quotes for you. When pastors try to be experts at everything, they lose their sense of reality and the sense of identity. I want to encourage you as a Christian, not even as a pastor. You may not be a senior pastor. Or just I want to encourage you as a Christian right now. There are so many people that are lost and hopeless. They don't have the Word of God. They don't have the living Word, Jesus, in their life. And they're, they're hurting. This is the moment that the church can shine that God's Word can give, go forth and we can share the Gospel. I want to encourage you to preach God's Word. Sow that seed. Listen, we can't do everything. There's, there's local government, there's um, national, federal government. There are all these experts going on. You know what we as Christians have? We have something that no one has, the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus living inside of us, the hope of glory, and we can actually teach people God's Word. I was just on a, a Zoom call with three other pastors uh, just right before this, and a pastor shared this verse from Mark 4, verses 26 through 29. I want to read it to you. It's super encouraging. It says, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and he rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces itself, first the blade, then the ear, then full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I want to encourage you guys to just scatter seed as much as you can and let God be God. Then go to bed, then rest, then sleep. The, the farmer just scatters the seed. He just sleeps day and night and he just trusts. He doesn't even know how it works. He just trusts that as he scatters the seed, it's just going to produce what it is. And this is like the kingdom of God. We are just proclaiming Jesus and his gospel. And I believe that when we come back together physically in locations, man, that we are going to see the fruit of us scattering seed and sharing the gospel. And people are going to be coming and we need to be ready to be discipling people. And yes, we can be discipling people. I'm doing that right now over Zoom meetings and community groups, over prayer meetings and, and talking on the phone. But I believe that as we keep on scattering God's Word, it's going to actually return 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so just as a Christian, man, get the Word of God out. There are so many people that do not know Jesus and do not have a hope right now. They are afraid of death and they are afraid... They are uh, struggling with not being in control. And as Christians, we live in this reality that we are not in control and we don't have to fear death. And we have something to offer people. And so, man, I would just say, don't be an expert at everything. Uh, like this quote says, don't lose your sense of identity. You are a child of God and you are an expert of knowing God because a relationship with Jesus changes everything. So be a witness to what God is doing in your heart and minister to people from that overflow. Lastly, I think this is really important as we think about opportunity and, you know, there's great ministries rising up and things are happening. It's incredible and, and so much stuff is happening. Let's make sure we love people. Chan says, people notice when God's people care. More people come to Christ because they feel our love than because they're impressed with our building or our programs or our sermons. Can I get an amen for that? Let's be praying together that God brings spiritual awakening, revival in the church, but that God would use this season, not our buildings, not our programs, and not even how good we articulate the message, but that He would use us, our love, to reach people. Giving out food, making a text or a call, 
sharing the Word of God in a verse and letting the Holy Spirit use that. Listen, I know for many of us, ministry has changed. Our methods have changed, but the message has not. People notice if you care and you love for them. I want to encourage you through this time, let's be lovers of God and be lovers of people. Listen, this is a painful thing, but we can grow from this. And I want to recommend this book, Leadership Pain by Samuel R. Chan, uh, to you. It's incredible. It's good. And so I just wanted you to know where I'm at. I'll give you a couple more quotes maybe in a week or two. Uh, lesson, but um, I, I wanted to give you this interview with my dad. He's the, been a pastor at Calvary Chapel Tacoma my entire life. Uh, basically, as talking about the importance of us as leaders finding out what the will of God is. How do you find that out? How do you lead when you when there's uncertain times? Like, what do you do? And I thought this was super, super important. Uh, along with my dad's interview, I have my mom sharing, continuing our three-minute messages from the book of Proverbs, Wisdom. Oh my goodness, James 1.5 says we need to ask for wisdom. And Lord, I pray that we would have some wisdom in this season now. And so my mom shares uh, from Proverbs, um, just talking about a refiner's fire, how God uses uh, seasons of pain, seasons of trial, seasons uh, of ups and downs to refine His people. And so I'm praying that you're refined, that you grow, and uh, I appreciate you listening and taking the time to uh, just tune in. And so may God bless you. May He shine His face upon you. Uh, may He be gracious to you. May the Spirit of God be poured out on your life and your family's life. Uh, and let's just continue to um, love God and love uh, His people um, through this time. So God bless you guys. Enjoy these interviews and content. Well, hey everyone, I'm here with Pastor Joe Williams, and today we're going to be talking about decision-making and the will of God uh, for your life, for the people you lead, and just the process of all of that. And so uh, before we get started, anything you want to say to all these church leaders and people listening right now? Yeah, I just want you guys to uh, make sure that you spend that quiet time with God because He's going to lead you in the uh, direction that He wants you to go. Um, just don't get so busy serving God where you don't spend time with Him because that is where you're going to get the direction as you pray, as you seek Him. Uh, he wants you to do that. He's in this thing with you. He said He will build His church. But He will give you guidance. He will give you direction as you focus on His Word and prayer and His will for your church. And every church is different. Every church has different personalities. And He will lead you in a way differently than maybe some other church. The Holy Spirit can work many different ways uh, many times in different fellowships. He doesn't have to work the same way all the time. So just be open and flexible what does he wants to do in your particular fellowship? And you don't have to try to be like anybody else or copy anybody else. Um, he's made you unique. Um, so just be open and just pray to him. He's there to help. And don't feel like you are all alone because the Holy Spirit has promised to never leave us. So be encouraged. All right. Well, that's a good start to talk about uh, encouragement for making decisions. I don't know about you, but I get very stressed out to make decisions, not only to make decisions personally for my family and myself, but also now people I lead. And so whether you're a children's worker and leading that ministry or head of the ushers, a senior pastor, church planner, we all tend to make decisions and they affect 
so many different people. And so um, you've now had 35 plus years of ministry experience being a pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you go about just the process and the start of making decisions and discovering the will of God for your leadership and the things you're responsible for? Well, first I seek the Lord myself in that quiet time and, um, um, you know, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Um, when you're going to make a decision, of course you want it to be the right decision. No one wants to be uh, making the wrong decisions, but no one is right 100% of the time. Even when we make a mistake, God's grace will cover it. God will forgive you for it. You can pick yourself up and you can move on. There's no condemnation because God knows your heart and he knows that you're trying to make the best decision that you can for your fellowship. But if you fail, if you don't fail, I shouldn't say fail, but if you make a mistake, um, the Lord will forgive you for it, you know, and uh, he can always, he'll, he'll fix things. I've seen God fixed things over the years that I've really uh, messed up, so to speak. I've made mistakes and I've seen God come along and he fixed those mistakes. And now uh, I look back at it and I think, wow, you know, even in my weaknesses, you know, he can still, he can still work. Even when I make a mistake, uh, he's a God of the second chance. He'll give you another chance. So don't condemn yourself uh, because you make a wrong decision. But don't be afraid to make a decision because decisions has to be made. We make decisions all the time. And I wish I could say I've made them all right, but I haven't. But uh, yeah. So what, so what are some of those decisions that you've made wrong? What are some, some things over the last few years or your ministry experience that you would say, oh man, I, I blew that one or I got to learn from that mistake? I think one of the mistakes I've made in ministry is, um, you know, just putting people in, putting people in leadership positions too soon uh, without them proving themselves. Uh, you know, the Bible say we should not lay hands on man too suddenly. So... I think I've made that mistake um, uh, just by putting people in ministry too soon without really getting to know them because later on uh, it was, you know, it caused a few problems. So uh, be very careful who you put into a leadership position. Make sure those people are going to support you, number one, as senior pastor. They're going to support your decisions. They're going to be praying for you and encouraging you. Uh, just be careful doing that. That's one of the uh, mistakes that I've made. So uh, I think another mistake, uh, decision that we hesitate to make decisions, but we don't want to be wrong. But um, God is faithful. God is faithful. Don't be afraid to make a decision. If I have to make a decision by next Thursday, I pray about it. I pray about it. And when next Thursday come, I will do what I feel that the Holy Spirit has called me to do and make a decision because a decision has to be made. So how do you base decisions off your feeling? Because you've said a lot about, well, I do what I feel is right and have the peace of God rule in your heart. What does that look like for you? What does it mean to, to have a peace or to feel right or to do things according to just what you sort of want or desire? Yeah, I, I ask God to give me a peace about it. Uh, I ask God to close the door. If it's not of him, I want him to close the door on it because if it's not his will, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, I pray if it's not his will, close the door. And if it is will, give me a piece about it. And I'm going to move forward because you'll never really know um, or see the hand of God unless you move forward. You can't be afraid to move forward. And that's what Moses told the children of Israel. They had to move forward. If they had not moved forward, the Red Sea would not have parted. So if you want to. If you're going to have you're going to have to step out to find out, basically. Yeah. It's going to come a point in time that you're going to have to t- take a step of faith. And many times God gives us the first step. And as we take the first step, he'll give us the second step and the third step. And um, his will is revealed a step at a time, not the whole picture at once. I know we don't like that, but we are walking by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. So, and the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because he that comes to God must believe that he is and are rewarded to those that diligently seek him. So, as you see God, he's going to put things in your heart. He's going to put things in your heart that's going to glorify him. And take a step of faith to see what the Lord will do. So, we have to have faith when we make decisions and things like that. What about patience? Where does patience be involved? So, say if... There's not a deadline. I have to make a decision by Thursday, but it's just a sort of something you're lingering and praying through. Give us, give us uh, some descriptions about how God works through patience as we wait on Him through a decision. Yeah, we we live in a very impatient society where we want everything instantly right now. Uh, no one wants to wait, not even for God's timing anymore. But God is not on your time schedule. He's not on my time schedule. We know uh, you might have heard the saying that prayer changes things, but many times prayer changes you in order for you to wait for God's timing because God's timing is always perfect. But while you're waiting, you are still serving. You are still busy serving. You are still involved. You are still preaching. You are still teaching, but you're still listening for the voice of God to redirect you. So when I say waiting, I don't mean just not doing anything. I mean to keep serving while you are waiting. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit will direct you. Uh, it's, it say it's easy to, the, uh, to stir a car once it's moving. You can stir it real easy. But once it's sitting still, it's hard to stir the car. So God wants you constantly moving forward a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and listening for, for direction and guidance, and God will direct you. So as you're waiting patiently and as God is guiding you and you're seeking Him, listening to His voice, you're in prayer, um, where does community uh, play in the aspect of making decisions? How have you brought people in to take counsel or to bounce ideas off one another? What, what does that look like for a leader especially to not only make a decision, I hear from the Lord, thus says the Lord, but to also lean on God's people for making decisions. Sometimes God can speak through other people. You know, um, you want to seek maybe counsel from another pastor, run things by him and see what he thinks. But um, I think God is going to speak to you the most because you are the leader. But it's okay to have uh, other people that you can get counsel from. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, sometimes people can share, they can shed light on things that 
from a different angle, from a different angle that you haven't really considered, you haven't considered, they can shed light to help you. But nothing wrong with seeking counsel. So do that, seek counsel, ask questions, but don't be afraid to take a step if you feel God has called you because, uh, and that first step is the hardest step to take, but you'll, once, you'll find out once you take that step, the Holy Spirit will be there and will give you the next. If you use the light that God has given you, God will give you more light. And once God speaks to your heart, move out because now God is waiting on you. So many times people say, well, I'm waiting on God. Uh, but many times God has already told you in his word, God has already spoke to your heart. Now God is waiting on you. So you got to, you got to move out to find out. Mm-hmm. You got to step out in faith to find out what really is. And I like what you said. You said, you know, one of the questions that we want to ask is, is it scriptural? Does it contradict God's word? Many times God's already revealed to us the will of God to go preach the gospel, right. to go make disciples. Right. And now it's a matter of asking God for wisdom to say, hey, how do I do that? Yeah. It's not what is the will of God, but sometimes how do I do that? Uh, when, when have you seen God answer your prayers as far as giving you wisdom on how to make a decision? Because I think many people, church leaders, they have character. They want to follow God. They know, oh, I want to make disciples. I want to preach the gospel. I want to lead people. I want to love people. But I think we struggle with, well, how do we do it? What are some ways that you've seen God give you specific wisdom, whether it be through his word, godly counsel, just your spirit of how he's given you that wisdom? Yeah, most most of the time God gives me wisdom uh, just by being alone with him. Nothing can replace that quiet time that you have with Christ. Uh, and as a pastor, as a leader, let's not get so busy serving God that we don't have time for God. Hmm. You're going to have to slow down where you can listen. Even Jesus got into a solitary place and he prayed. It, our society is so busy today. We can get so busy as leaders, as pastors, serving until we miss uh, the relationship that God has for us. But I feel as I continually seek him in prayer and his word, he's going to pour more of himself into me. And then I can pour more of myself into the people. Yeah. But it's coming from the spirit of God. And I've, I've listened to, uh, I've read like Charles Spurgeon, uh, D.L. Moody, uh, Wesley and all these people, how powerful they were. And they would get up every morning, five o'clock in the morning, and they would seek the Lord in prayer. They would seek the Lord in his in his word. Uh, and that's why they were so powerful. And I think it will still work today. I think the power is available to us. Mm-hmm. And the Bible said we can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. All God wants is a, a vessel to work through. And that's what we are, just vessels. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So how do you practically, how have you done that? What are some habits and uh, things that you do to get alone with God? With all the demands of uh, pastoring a church and you've been bivocational for most of your pastorate. What, what, where, do you, where do you find the time? What do you do? How do you make that, that space to be alone with God? 
what, what I do is I get up in the mornings, early in the mornings, before my day starts. I mean, you don't have to do it this way, but uh, I feel that I'm a morning person. I'm fresher in the morning. My mind is fresh in the morning. I get up early in the morning. I spend time in prayer and His Word. And then um, I go out. And when I go out, I go out looking for opportunity. I go out, I ask God to direct my day. I ask God to put people in my path that I could witness to. Um, and I'm open to what if He wants to do. You know, I ask God, how do you want to use me today? Use me in whatever way you see fit today and direct my steps. Mm -hmm. And I'm just open then and listening. I get around people. I talk to people. I'm praying for opportunity to share the gospel. So that's how I do it. I get up early in the morning and I do it every day because I think the world belongs to the discipline. You have to be disciplined to do that. And I think that if we do that, God will speak to you in a powerful way. You haven't got to... I think as you spend time with God and your relationship is good with Him, it will be seen when you stand behind the pulpit on Sunday mornings. When the disciples went out, they said that they had noticed that they had been with Jesus. They could tell. When you've been with Jesus the whole week, and you've been in prayer and seeking Him the whole week, and you've been meditating on His Word, when you stand in the pulpit on Sunday, you don't have a problem delivering the message because the message is already in your heart. He's already put it there. So you just say what the Spirit of God has given you to say. It's very, it's very simple, but it didn't, it didn't come from you. It came from Him. Yeah. So lastly, this has been a lot of personal decision-making for yourself, but how do you translate all that and how do you create a culture and teach your team to seek God, to make godly decisions. Um, how have you done that? Whether it be your board or the worship leader, how do you teach people to seek God for their own lives, their decisions? Because many of them are moms and fathers, and we all make decisions, like you said. How do we as leaders teach others how to make and discover the will of God? I teach them to do this, basically the same thing that I do. Uh, we all are busy. Sometimes we are so busy, we force, we force Christ out of our lives. He becomes second place. And it's very hard to do when you have a family, you have a job. But we must make time. It's not that we don't have time. We, we have to make time for that. Because I really don't have anything to give unless I get it from Him. I don't have anything to say. I can't even minister. I can't do anything unless I get it from Him first. So I'm going to Him first thing and ask, you know, to direct and help me minister, give me good people to uh, come along beside me to help. And He always does. Uh, I was, I've been in the ministry for 37 years now and God has never let us down. I mean, we've had trials just like everybody else. And I think there will always be a giant in the land that you're going to have to drive out in Jesus' name and trust Him. There's always going to be something there that you're going to have to trust Him for. I don't think you'll ever arrive to the place where you will never need uh, the help of the Holy Spirit. That's not going to happen. You will always need the Holy Spirit's help. Always. 
Yeah. And as we rely upon him, that's what he wants. He wants us to rely upon him. Because he said, come unto me, you know, I'll give you rest. Come to me. You know, faithfully, he did call you and he will do it. But he wants us to say, you know what? I can't do this alone. I need your help. Every time you go out to, every time you go out to teach, you pray first and say, Lord, you know, uh, prepare people's heart to receive the message today. You know, we just deliver the message. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes the message to people's hearts because we can't really change anybody's life and we cannot build the church. We cannot save people and we cannot keep people saved. We are relying totally upon God and his word to do the work. And as we spend time with him, he will do the work. But just because you in God's will doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy. As we rely upon the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will do the work through us. And just because you're doing God's work, uh, God's will doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy. It has never been easy for the church and never will be because we are going against the grain. Our standards are different than the world's standards. So many times, yes, we are persecuted and, you know, people do say things. They don't like what we say. The gospel that has always been opposition to the gospel yep. because the gospel is very convicting. And sometimes people don't want to hear it. But you know what? We have to preach the gospel. And Paul said, be instant in season and out. We have to continue to preach. There are a lot of sincere seekers out there who really wants to hear the message. So let's just keep doing what we're doing. Let's try to reach those uh, who are willing to listen. And those who uh, maybe not listening right now, maybe someday they will. You know, it took me 30, I was 33 uh, years old before I became a Christian. You know, I, I had never pastored a church before. You know, I, I had 15 people. Our church is still small. I, I pastor in the Pacific Northwest, which is very hard to pastor. There's a lot of churches there, but most people don't go to church there. They don't want to have anything to do with it. But there are some people that are seeking. Let's not give up. The Bible says we shall, uh, we shall reap if we don't lose heart, not get discouraged. And it's very easy to get discouraged because sometimes we want things to go faster than what they, we want to go faster than the Holy Spirit wants. You know, the Holy Spirit's got perfect time and we don't. And sometimes things just don't happen overnight. And we have to be patient. But all the time we are waiting, God is building us. God is building your character. God is building you. And he's preparing you for something down the road. Maybe you can't see right now. Yep. So whether you have 10 people or 5,000 people, that's irrelevant. The question is, are you where God wants you to be right now? Are you doing his will right now? Well, then you keep doing it. And if God wants to redirect you, he can always get you from where you are to where you should be later on. But right now, just keep doing it. Well, good. It's good to, to hear that from your life, to see that. Uh, as many of you know, this is my dad. And so I've witnessed firsthand, you're the same person in the house on Sunday morning, behind a pulpit, cleaning toilets, going to work, whatever. 
And that's one of the best ways that we could teach people, like you said, is just having that integrity, living with God for himself. You teach people what you receive. You wake mm -hmm. up in the morning to see God. You say, hey, you want to know the will of God? You do the same thing as me. That's right. And so, um, you know, it's sometimes fundamentals. It's basic. It's discipleship. But these are the things that build our faith. Uh, like you said, discipline, spiritual disciplines, sometimes they're, um, they're easy to know, but they're hard to practice. And Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. And so as we're seeking God and we're discovering the will of God and leading the church, uh, we need to be transparent in how we do that, whether it be through community or um, through the scripture and through prayer and all these different things. And even the uncertainty as a leader, sometimes we don't know. And it's okay sometimes to say, I don't know, but I do know someone who does and I'm seeking him. Mm -hmm. And so... I guess we'll just end on that. It's good to be able to be encouraged by it and to understand, hey, we all struggle with making decisions, but we could seek Jesus together. So any last word of encouragement you want to say? or Just someone to just say, um, be of good cheer. You know, if you're doing what God wants you to do and you feel that you are, it doesn't matter how big the church. Uh, on that day, he will say to you, well done, good and that faithful servant. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, relax, you know, do what you can. I had an old saying that I heard old saying say, you know, you do your best and God will do the rest. So that's all you can do. We are very limited. We are human beings. We don't know. We can't see the future. We are trusting Christ all the way to build his church. The Bible says unless he builds a church, we labor in vain. So we trust in him all the way, good or bad, up and down. The Bible said, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And there's many places to be distracted, to take our eyes off of Jesus. But the Bible said, fix your eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And your faith in Christ will get you over the hurdles. And you're going to have trials. But you'll find out you will also see the hand of God like never before. It's been my experience. Good. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us. Good to be here. This is a three-minute message brought to you by Redemption Church, Delray Beach. Hi, I'm Irene Williams. I'm from Calvary Chapel of Tacoma in Tacoma, Washington, and I'm Daniel Williams' mom. Uh, the verse that I'd like to share with you is Proverbs uh, 16 verse 3 it says the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold but the Lord tests the heart the Bible talks about how God tests us and we go through trials every single one of us but God is the refiner and I don't know that much about what a refiner does but I do know that a refiner when he puts a piece of jewelry into a refining pot he heats up the pot it gets really hot and all the dross and the impurities of that piece of silver or that piece of gold are melted off by the fire and then the refiner skims the top as those impurities and the dross come to the top he skims it off and he continues this process until he can look into that refining pot and see the melted gold or the melted silver and look and see his reflection in it. 
And that's what God to a, does to us as we're going through a trial. He turns up the heat. He tests our trust in Him and our faithfulness to the Word of God and His promises. And then He he removes the dross. He removes the impurities in our character, in our lives, in our flesh. He takes away the sin. And in the end, the result is, is that we become more like Him and we reflect Jesus's image. And that's what we want God to do as we go through the refiner's fire, as we go through the refiner's pot. We want to be tested and we want to be purified and made to be more like Jesus. And if we do that, God can use our tests to become testimonies in our life for His glory. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.